I was very pleased to come and share last time I was here. Uh, our brother could remember the Mokorino illustration. The Mokorinos are very interesting. They have very genuine zeal in their journey. Since then, my wife and I went to Mombasa to marry off a niece, uh, who now is a wife. Uh, but when I was there, I was able to preach at our deliverance church, and they were grappling with these same things. In fact, they had very intense prayers, and they asked me to say thoughts, a few thoughts about the same things. Um, and even yesterday, I was at an Anglican church that had devoted a whole Saturday to prayer for Kenya because of the situation that the country is in. And when you care about this country and are concerned about how to understand our engagement and to pray, you are in good company. And I think that's how God turns around this country every time we are in trouble because our people pray and they pray very genuinely. Now there is eight days to the elections, so the window to pray and do something is closing fast. And so we all must be alert and engaged and resolute to utilize this little time and space that is available before it closes. One of the experiences of most people who do exams, and you know there are some professional students, they, never, they always have an exam they are doing, even when they are very old. That's not to say they shouldn't go to school. Is always remembering the right answers for the questions after the script has gone. <laughs> they are biting their fingers and saying, I knew it! I knew it! Can you imagine? I, I knew it very well. And just when I was in the exam room, it went off. So don't get weary with prayer. Don't get weary in your engagement. In this little time, remain focused like an athlete who, even though they are tired after a long run, uh, try to summon all their energies in the last lap uh, because that's where the crown and the victory is. And hanging on to the end so that you cast your ballot will be so much useful for this country and for you. Today I want to focus on four things in my sermon. I like to outline what I will say because then people choose when to sleep <laughs> and when to wake up depending on what they really want to hear. And I was told that in seminary, never to worry about people sleeping when you are preaching. When they sleep, they are not the problem. You are the problem. The realization of the privilege we have as Christians to occupy the space and have the rights we have in this country that we can be talking about how to engage in elections. And then I will outline a few principles of engagement in this space. The reason for that is that you don't find a lot of uh, democratic terminology in the Bible. Uh, you even know that basically God is not a democrat. He doesn't engage with us democratically. He does give us space but he has very firm views about how we should live and what we should do. That is where we come from. That's why we find actually many pastors tend to be a little more dictatorial than democratic because they are servants of <laughs> a God who is not a democrat. And I can tell you, there are churches that struggle a lot in their journeys because of trying to have too much democracy in the church. And the churches where pastors are a bit curly and they say where they are going, 
they tend to cover more ground. So in the absence of too much detail about how to engage democratically, I'll be asking what are the principles that we can follow and utilize in this engagement. Today I want us to delve a little bit more on the qualities of the candidates we should be looking for. So that you are not bewildered as you think about who to elect. But the Lord calls us to prayer. And I want us to spend a bit of time outlining the importance of that and how to engage it. And so you see, you have enough. Um, so that if you want us to talk about prayer very much, you can actually sleep until nearer the end. And you can tell your neighbor, tap me when he says, it's time to talk about prayer. In a, in a wall called Christian Thought Hub, Someone describing the American situation says, Providence has given our people the choice of their rulers. And it's the duty as well as the privilege and interest of our Christian nation to select and prefer Christians for their rulers. The writer is celebrating the fact that in our day, we can actually participate in democratic elections. The Christians of the first century, the early church, had no such privilege. They lived in establishments and governments and other governments which had no obligation to consider what they think. And they were supposed to keep to the straight and narrow, and those were the ages where persecution was normal, people could sit and decide to persecute Christians and not ask you your opinion. Now the trouble with having graces extended to us is we tend to take for granted every grace that we have. Yesterday I was talking to some people and a good combination of men and women. And you hear that in my last days, I am a herbalist. My wife doesn't like that word very much, herbalist. <laughs> but uh, I keep telling her, in English, nothing describes better what I do. <laughs> and I two women their biggest concern was how to have children because of repeated miscarriage. You know, a lot of women, they have children without needing to pray very much for it or work for it. In fact, they have quite a few of gate crushers who show up. <laughs> Nobody is praying for one, but they just come. And those who get children so easily don't think it's a big deal. In fact, some of them complain. But there are some that are shedding tears every day wondering, how do I conceive and carry baby to term and the clock is ticking? And in my herbalist work, <laughs> I've helped a few who are struggling to have babies um, that are going to school. The, the point I'm making is the way we so casually take for granted the graces that God gives us. Of course, you know the cliche about the fellow who was very angry that they didn't have shoes until they saw someone who didn't have legs. Oh, so I thought shoes were such a big deal. Because I have legs. There are people who have a much greater deal because they have no legs. 
That's why they say the grass is always greener next door rather than where you are. And this guy is saying, when you are a Christian and you can participate in a democratic election and you can decide who you want to be your leader and possibly succeed in the way you cast your ballot or even fail and say, I was trying, it's a privilege that Christians haven't had throughout Christendom. And even today, you know, there are countries where the faith is different and Christians are to be seen and not to be heard. But here we are. Then you are debating whether you want to vote or not. You are saying it doesn't count. And the Christians of the first century and Christians in countries where you cannot exercise your freedom as a Christian as you do are wondering how can you have such a privilege and even be able to sleep? <laughs> they are saying you would be fasting and praying and angling on how to go to the election and cast your ballot and campaigning even um, on this journey. And I want you to carry that sense of privilege and, and say you are privileged and you don't want to offend the saints who have gone before us who never had such privilege and longed for such a privilege. And remember Paul in Romans actually invoking his citizens' rights and saying, I'm a Roman citizen. How can you flog me? And if you elevate it in importance, that you may find that how you engage in the next week may be different. The principles of engagement. There are Christians who get, feel very nice when the matters on the table have not been outlined in the Bible expressly and clearly so they have a place to hide. I was telling the people in the other service when uh, Elder and I were in the market, there were some fellows asking us, uh, does the Bible say that I cannot kiss a girl? You need to show me where it says that. And it doesn't say. And it doesn't say a few other things. And they went ahead and did things that they thought they had authority because the Bible hasn't said. And some of them had very severe accidents. And if you look for them in the church, you now don't find them. In Psalms 119, 105, verse 105, the Bible says, The word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The word, thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Nothing better, really, is available for a Christian than knowing that the Lord actually sets his word before you as a light. And as you beat the paths of life, the Lord actually sets a light from his word so that you can navigate safely. And I'm suggesting to you that it doesn't matter whether God expressly says in his word what you should do on every turn. The reality is, if you read the word of God, even in matters where it doesn't say expressly, X or Y, you'll find sufficient guidance in what it has said about what to do in the matters where there isn't express, prescriptive, authoritative guidance. And Pastor I dare say, very many times when Christians get shipwrecked, as happens very often, the Holy Spirit is speaking to them bringing out a word from scripture that they should follow in their situation and they are rebelling because the lord says that in those days you'll hear a word from behind 
telling you this is the way walk in it so when you find the fox on the roads and you're not sure which way to go the lord commits if the bible hasn't said when you get to this junction this is where you will go the holy spirit who is our present companion and comforter will tell you this is the way walk in it and if you walk in it you find redemption and grace and blessing now last time you know i was a little evasive on who we should choose Today I'm not. <laughs> and this is not a laughing matter. So if you don't laugh very much, don't worry. I don't always preach ex ex eh? what are they called? These sermons that are very exciting. Because sometimes the matters that we are discussing are very weighty matters. What are the qualities that we should look for as Christians? Not just because we are Kenyans, when we want to pick candidates at the elections, especially the presidential candidate and the candidate for governor in your jurisdiction. You can get away with folly in most of the other choices. <laughs> because the MP will be moderated in parliament. There are 349 of them. So a very foolish MP can get by. There are some that even do a whole term and they have never said anything in parliament and nobody dies. <laughs> now MCA, it's very nice to have very nice MCAs because they are the ones who exercise oversight on the county resources. But even here in Kiambu where you are now, I suspect most of you don't even know a single MCA, even the one who has jurisdiction in your area. And you haven't had any stomachache. <laughs> but the choice of governor, man, and president, things cannot be of your obvious. There are outcomes that are very concrete. And most people know they are governors. And all Kenyans know they are presidents. The impact of the outcome of that election is such that to walk into it, sleepwalking, is folly of the highest order. So what are some of the considerations? And I dare say it is good to ask is there a candidate who upholds Christian values? When I used to teach church leadership when I was younger I no longer do that very much I used to say that I grew up in a coffee growing zone in Moranga the principle was, in the coffee society, only people who have coffee bushes became members of the society and could be leaders. You could be very educated and very sharp, too educated to have coffee. If you are such a person, you will not be in the coffee society and you cannot be an official. It's okay to ask, who you mutu anataka kura? Niwetu amani wawenyewe. Kama ni wawenyewe, unaweza kusema akapewe kura na wenyewe. Wewe upewe kura yule ambaye ni wewe. But I was telling your colleagues in the earlier service, we have a crisis in the country now because all candidates for election are Christian. <laughs> and they are so Christian they don't miss church. And they are so Christian, they are not usually content to attend one church on a Sunday. 
You will have some attending the first service and running to another service in another church and some who are in another service coming to your later service thereafter just saying they are keen to have double double anointing anakuja kwenu anapokea anakimbia kwa wengine akapokea kabla iishe so serious that even fellows who are not christians they are muslims it is known they have not done wrong you will find them in church sitting with their senior political party leaders and they are asked simama usalimie watu wa mungu anasema mungu ni moja bwana asifiwe hii lugha kweli wanaijua kabisa so if you want to choose a person who has christian values you are spoiled for choice because everybody has christian values and i said you must go beyond what people say to begin to check how do they live is there a track record that faith matters to them when there is no election do they go to church have they been known to go somewhere in a fellowship to discuss ways of the real groups the real groups has he been seen in a real group <laughs> anywhere and the way they live do they glorify and honor god you know john the baptist when fellows went to terrorize him in the desert where he was preaching um, every day wearing a very funny belt he was asked questions you must put your candidates to task on whether faith matters to them as a christian you shouldn't be ashamed to say you prefer to choose a christian yeah kuna coffee bushes kama wewe unaweza kuchoma pamoja but do they have evidence that they are christians will they uphold the freedom of worship that we enjoy and i was telling the others that uh, the debate this week was some clips that were circulating because among the candidates we have this year one of them has become a pastor you see him in a purple shirt addressing media shows na nakasirisha mwingine anasema yeye akiritaya atakuwa evangelist alifundishwa Sunday school ukitoa unabarikiwa ndio anatoa nyingi sana kwa kanisa lakini huyu mtu wa another plant watu hawajui kama yeye ni wetu hata Catholic Church walitangaza wakasema asipewe kura kwa sababu hiyo plant ikisambazwa sana inaweza kuharibu watu wetu lakini mimi sisemi hivyo kwa sababu hatujakaa na yeye chini tayari <laughs> tuongee lakini wengi wanakubali kuna mwingine huko pia anataka na haijulikani vizuri kama kweli yeye ni mukristo wengine wanasema ni heathen wengine wanasema ni muslim sympathizer wengine wanasema ni pagan anasema tu so these these two clips were relating to the bad one in quotes eh alisema tumabo ka clip kakaanza kusaculate anasema ataterumsha mamlaka ya wakristo wameenjoy privileges nyingi sana tangu independence na correct hiyo kila dini ipate sasa hako kana kuwa chopped kana sambazwa hata juzi nilipokea simu kutoka Mombasa pastor akisema wewe ndio unakaa karibu na hii maneno sasa hii clip nimesikiza hapa kuna kitu imeacha kuna kitu imebakisha ya kusema ni nani hatakiwi kupewa 
kura lakini kalipokuja kwa hiyo wall kingine kakakuja longa kakona ile maneno lakini kanasema maneno ingine mingi Nasema mtu akisema ate kanisa ikuwe protected na president anasema nini na kanisa iko protected na the constitution and the laws of Kenya Who is fighting the church We just saying there is space for everyone Nanasema maneno mzuri hapo So don't listen to everything that is thrown around There are people who sit to check what have people said that can be turned against them and it is improved very much by this this guys of technology kakirushwa unakosa uzingizi but there were other things that were said that have been played down you you are a kenyan don't pretend that you have come from america <laughs> evaluate these people on account of their faith because you know them you know them so it's okay to ask matters freedom of worship freedom to evangelize issues of the sanctity of life what people believe about the family especially because of the threat of single sex marriages and it's okay for us to ask candidates who want to become president what do they think about these things because what they think about them will influence the legislation that will come in parliament because if they have the majority they are able to push laws in parliament the only challenge we are not looking for a bishop to be president because again too many christians are looking for a president and if you listen to their language there is no difference between when you are trying to elect a bishop and when you are trying to elect a president he elections are 9th october 9th august 2022 see your bishop pastor kale kakitika bishop kakovekant the nairobi chapel group has a bishop there is no vacancy We are not looking for one to come and preside over you. In fact, there are no vacancies of bishops I know in Kenya. They have been filled. A lot of them are filled by pretty bad fellows. <laughs> If you know them. Charles is a great man and I have deep respect for him, you know that. So he's not one of those bad ones. So you must say even people who don't share our theological perspectives identically if they are kenyan and they are okay generally and if we do our due diligence on them because we are not choosing a bishop we want to check who fits to be a president so the questions we ask is this person committed to peace security an equitable economic development for all Kenyans that is a fundamental question because a lot of you are raising children the country you raise your children in should be peaceful and the person who sits at state house is a key player in determining whether there is peace and in a country that has peace very many other things can go wrong and you are okay but in a country where peace goes south nothing else goes right so we cannot be casual will he promote security some of you are business people just now even though they say money is in very short supply in kenya a lot of business people are holding back their investments waiting to see how the elections go because if they are not sure there is peace and security they will not put in their money because it can be stolen from them very easily so you ask that then you ask 
these candidates who want to become our leaders, will they preside over our country where there is fair and righteous application of the constitution and the laws of the land? You must assume, and I have been in this place long enough to say that without fear of contradiction, on average, our problems will not come from ordinary Kenyans. Our problems will come from the people that we choose. But they will be wrong Kenyans. Our safety and security does not lie in who is in State House. It lies in the person in State House. Can he allow a full application of the law in Kenya and the provisions of the constitutions? If they don't like them, they can change them. But while they obtain, they are binding to everyone. Will they promote a fair judicial system where the judiciary is independent? What are their pronouncements on these matters? Will they respect, fund, and support all the independent constitutional organs and institutions because the recourse for Kenyans if they are wronged is in the constitution and the law and the proper application of those documents. We must also ask this is the biggest job in Kenya especially for the president. I was telling your colleagues as I prepared for this I had a new well up of inspiration around Baba Moy. You know he was citizen number one, farmer number one, teacher number one. He was even the number one climate change mitigator number one. Remember there is a speech he gave somewhere that Received standing ovation. Those of you who are young, I don't know the drama we have been through <laughs> in Kenya. And we were very angry about all these things. We were saying, how can someone be number one everything? But the president is actually number one everything. Because he's the one who presides over the country and determines who will take what responsibilities and which job they can do. You must ask, what is the demonstrated capacity for the candidate asking for your vote in the assignments they have handled in the past to lead? There was a talk show the other day. One of the candidates, the one who is, wears a purple shirt, and he's my only serious friend in that group. Hakuna kakazi umeshikilia ka Kenya, ka kuonyesha kama uko na mbinu na uwezo wa kuongoza utatoka huko umekuwa ukuje na parachute chui ukae state house can we take a risk and he made very sensible answers made very sensible answers what is the demonstrated capacity of the person who is asking you for a vote you know, the Bible has actually given us guidance that you can apply in the New Testament where Paul says, don't be in a hurry to lay hands on people so that they become ministers and bishops. If they are not mature and you ordain them, they will get puffed up with pride and become a disaster. He kazi aurais ni vizuri tuulize zile kazi mutu amefanya before ameonekana kama anaweza. Are they inspirational for us to put you in state house or make you a governor? I incline towards the application of that principle. Don't be in a hurry to put people under anointing. Kenya is not going anywhere and if Jesus doesn't come back quickly, there will be room even for Pastor Mwaora to one day wake up and tell us from his experience at Nairobi Chapel, he thinks he can be president. 
na tutakaua sasa huko Nairobi chapo umekuwa ukiongoza namna gani wala watu wabaya unadilu na wao namna gani you are choosing the person who becomes the commander in chief of Kenya's defense forces only he can declare war and if he declares war casually we are in trouble remember we went to war with al shabab in uh, somalia you know it cost us a lot but you were confident that kebaki couldn't have declared war with al shabab and sent our defense forces casually he was too sober and experienced and knowledgeable to understand what will go wrong if he doesn't do so defense forces wakienda kwa vita sio kama boys wakicheza kwa hii compound yenu watu watakufa he becomes a head of state the state is that powerful organ which is behind all those other things you see judiciary uh, parliament and the others they are state organs but the state is presided over by the president and his head of government and the executive among the candidates on offer who has the best demonstrated ability to lead who has the demeanor that causes you to say the way i see this person he can be a leader in kenya who has skills that are known but even more integrity and wisdom in the conduct of their lives and a capacity to seek advice in handling very complex things and so don't choose a president who does not have demonstrated capacity to lead to grow the economy support the enforcement of the law to stop crime unify the country because that is the calling of the president constitutionally with integrity not to be corrupt but respect our taxes and the resources that belong to us and to this country and that should be the general standard that we apply on all the leaders we choose in all jurisdictions i told you to do some homework before please do homework don't cast your ballot like an ak47 bullet iende kule itataka weka ballot iende mahali unajua italeta matokeo ambao unatarajia na unataka now i want to deal with my last uh, discussion as i wrap up today prayer and i will ask the sound people to put on the screen the niv version of 1 timothy 2 1 and 2 1 Timothy 2 the first letter of Timothy chapter 2 verses 1 and 2 in this very short passage Paul urges Timothy to ensure that prayers are offered in a manner prescribed by him everywhere for all people and Paul asks that requests and petitions are offered that prayers which are private or public religious observances are offered for all people but i want to dwell on intercessions that he asks for and what i find fascinating about intercession ordinarily at intercession you get out of your situation yourself and you begin to pray for other people by bringing their needs to the lord it is the most unselfish prayers that we offer even though you can intercede for yourself and in the next week as we head to the elections i want to propose to you that you pray for our candidates and their families at every level the strain they have been through 
Some of them actually regret that they chose to run. The names they have been called by their competitors, some of them they have had to go and look at the dictionaries what those names they are called mean. Their wives and their husbands and their children are enduring strain on account of the candidature of their loved ones that they don't deserve because they are not running. Just pray for them. That the Lord will uphold them. That the Lord will keep them. That the Lord will give them grace and strength. That they will navigate through these last days. Some of them are already bankrupt. Actually. That after the elections, whatever the outcome, relating to their candidatures, they will find grace from God to navigate for the next five years. I don't think that a lot of them will be okay if they are not prayed for. Don't be surprised if some of them go to Madare having broken down and needing rehabilitation. And the only crime they committed is they said they want to lead us. And it is okay for people to desire because you separate them at the ballot. Nobody should suffer disgrace for life because they chose to run for an office in Kenya. And then in your intercessory endeavor, I want to ask you to pray for the voters, for God to remove the veils in their, on their eyes that are blurring their vision so that they cannot see the candidates well. For the Lord to nullify the impact of the bribes they have received from multiple candidates. I've been told by Boda Boda people, you know I'm very easy going. Atunajua sisi, tunaweka hizo reflectors za wote. Tukisikia asmio anakuja, tunatoa ya asmio tunaweka, tunachotewa. Lakini wakipita na tusikie kwanza ndio inakuja, boy na tusiwa na kuitwa kuisha na wengine, tunatoa ya kwanza hata hawajui wamekula ya nani <laughs> na waliwaahidi wote watawapatia kura so that you pray that the lord nullifies and cleanses that nonsense so that they go to the election to choose candidates that can help the country not candidates whose money they ate like balaam in the bible who was paid to Curse. But every time he opened his mouth to curse, he blessed. You pray that those who have been bribed to provide certain outcomes which are not necessarily good for Kenya, when they go to the booth, wataweka kura vizuri, wabaki wakiuliza, niliweka namna hiyo kwa nini? Na ukiwapata uwaambie, yule Mungu amebariki Hakuna yule anaweza kulaani. Then you pray for civil servants. Notice I'm not calling it deep state. I'm just saying civil servants. People who have jobs to conduct affairs so that this country is safe, is, is healthy. They also need prayer. The guys we are choosing would be their bosses. When you find them wanting to interfere with elections, it's not for nothing. They know there are some people who, if they are elected, will fire them. And they have said it. So they say, Hata kuja kunifuta kazi, nitafanya lolote, nimuzuie. They need prayer. And we must pray for the wealthy people in this country. The wealthy people are the ones who fund the elections. Some of them pastor are so clever they fund everyone. Unakuta wajakoyo akona kidogo. Hata huu bishop wetu akimfikia ataangukiwa na kidogo. Sunday school teacher anaangukiwa. Yule mwingine haijulikani anaangukiwa. Wote wakona pesa ndio yeyote atakaingia atakuwa rafiki so that they can continue to conduct their business. 
safely. It's okay to want to have the safety in the conduct of your business. But for these ones I pray, for civil servants and the wealthy, that they commit to let the will of God and the will of the people of Kenya prevail. Even if the candidate winning is not the one they wanted. Sasa elder he mambo ya te kazi ilindwe mtu asifutwe kazi afadhali Kenya yote iende kuangamia mimi na niko retired sasa sina mshahara ninakaa kama ninakufa I mean people must be encouraged to take away their personal interests as the basis of national decisions and outcomes that's how nations are destroyed we pray that god prevails and we pray for the IBC group, the chairman, the commissioners, the staff, the casuals, that in the conduct of the elections, they will ensure that justice is done, both for voters and for the candidates. That IBC will not trigger violence and disputes and grief and pain by manipulating the process and outcomes of the elections and subverting justice as has happened before. We must grow up as a country. And because they will not listen to you, why don't you pray to the one who, when he says yes, no one can say no. Because God is God. And we pray for the judiciary. Our very sober and beautiful new Chief Justice has no idea what she has come into. Because the judiciary is a den. I'm told that every time a positive decision is made and salaries are increased, the size of the bride goes up proportionately to the legitimate earnings people are entitled. We were here in Nairobi. I think most of you are not old enough then to know what was happening. The results were clear in a constituency. The candidate who won went to shower. <laughs> when he was gone, a few millions were removed and paid to the presiding officer here in Nairobi who announced that the loser had won. Just pray that justice is done. That justice is done. The judiciary, that's where disputes are sorted out. Justice is done there. And for all of us Kenyans, that we shall subject ourselves to the outcome of the elections, subject to the litigations that are legitimate, and we shall live with Outcomes. I will speak about that a little more on the 14th. And then Paul says, with thanksgiving. Do you know? You are a miracle. In this country, there were enough forces to destroy you. But God in his mercy came through and protected and delivered you. There are some here, pastor, who can actually give a testimony of where God delivered them from death. This country has had major challenges, points of pain where we may have been annihilated as a nation. The pre-independence struggle uh, with Mubebero, with Mzungu. There are families which have never recovered from the damage inflicted on them by the colonialists. But they are alive. When Jomo and Jaramogi JJ fell off in the 60s, many people did think that this country would hold together. When Tomboya was assassinated in 1969 and J.M. Karaoke not long after, people wondered whether we have a country. In 1978, when Jomo died, 
All of us wondered, will the country hold together? When the August 1982 first August coup attempt was unleashed, this country may have been decimated by that action. We had ethnic clashes in 1992 and 1997 that nearly spilled over to destroy the country. The Lord delivered us. I don't think there is anybody here who is not a Sunday school child that wasn't born in 1997-1998 when this country had the most devastating post-election violence. Even I, preaching to you, have never seen such barbarism as we saw in Kenya. And it took a miracle and the hand of God personally to turn the tide of Kenya into the path of delivery and deliverance rather than utter destruction. Those of us who were on the scene actually live in surprise that Kenya did not go under. Deliverance through economic hard times. Every time we came close to a precipice, the Lord delivered us. But in this country, Pastor, you must thank God that there are people called intercessors. They never wear collars as I do. They never preach as I am preaching ordinarily. They are not even usually supported by their pastors. Their churches have no budget for supporting intercessory ministry. And at great personal expense, they pray and pray and go to prayer retreats in Catalonia and wherever, just holding this country together. And when we would destroy ourselves, the Lord says, for the sake of those who pray, to a God who they believe is real and able and merciful, he will give Kenya another chance. And we have lived on a second chance. Even now, God will give us another chance. In spite of the recklessness we have seen in the political group in Kenya. Let us stand.